Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident Jackie Honig. This coming week is Parshat Vayera, um, and so much happens in this Parsha. You could do great. You could spend forever just on this Parsha and all of these stories and what happens. Um, but we're going to take a look at um, sort of the the after effects of what happens in this Parsha. Actually, we're going to talk a little bit about this Parsha, a little bit about next week's Parsha, a little bit from the end of Torah, and we're going to draw some conclusions. Um, it's great. I don't have to say don't flip over your source sheet because you don't have it in front of you, so you can't spoil it for yourself. So that's a perk. Um, so at the end of this, the, the towards the, the very end of this Parsha, um, one of the last things that happens is the Akedah, is the Binding of Isaac, which is a story that is um, is well known, is is somewhere between beloved and infamous, depending on how you feel about it. Um, and so I want to actually start at the beginning, though. So in this past week's Parsha that we read this morning, yes, we are, when I get there, I will, I'm going to just summarize. And then as soon as we look at some text, we will. Um, so this, this morning we read Parsha Lech Lecha. If you want to take a look at it, it is, it is chapter, it is Bereshit chapter 12, verse 1. Yeah, there's a big 12. It's verse 1. Chapter 12, verse 1. This is, if you actually are, if you are in a Chumash or in a Tanakh and you look right before it at the end of Noah, we have this whole, we have a genealogy and we find out where Avraham comes from. But that's it. We just get a genealogy. And then all of a sudden we get God tells Avraham, go. That's it. This is the beginning in our story of the relationship between God and Avraham. So I just want to start us there. And so then we see, well, he's Avram at that point. And this is the beginning. God shows up and we don't, we don't know how, we don't know if it's a burning bush. Like we don't really know what happens. God just shows up and says, go. So I want to think for a minute, take a step back for a minute and think like when we think about, when we think about Jewish years of the Torah, we are B'nai Yisrael and also B'nai Avraham. Um, I could reference it again. Robert Richard spoke a couple weeks ago that we're B'nai Avraham and not B'nai Noach. And why is that? Um, and we talk about Avraham. And for me, something that's always been really special is this relationship between God and Avraham. So we're going to skip forward into this week's Parsha. So we see there's, we have Lechacha that we just read, and we're going to skip forward into the very beginning of Vayera. So it's going to be Bereshit 18.1. And it reads in Hebrew, Vayera elav Adonai ba'elonei mamre v'hu yoshev hayom. So the Lord appeared to him by the terebinths of Mamre. He was sitting, Avraham was sitting at the entrance of the tent as the day grew hot. So in the, at the very end of the parsha of last week's parsha of Lachacha, Avraham circumcises himself and his household. And the Midrash, I believe it's the Midrash, tells us that this is God coming to visit Avraham as he's sitting and as he's healing. We know here that God appears to Avraham. And then the story continues that he actually, Avram actually walks away from God to greet, greet these men who come. That's the next piece of our story. Um, and so we see this relationship kind of growing between God and Avraham. Um, and so we see that. And then we see these three men come and we have 
And as we just read, they tell Sarah she's going to have a child, and it's all of these lovely and beautiful things. So we're going to jump forward again in our Parsha a little bit. And we are going to, sorry, um, 20, 22.1. And it was after these things, and God tested Avraham, and he said to him, Avraham, and Avraham answered, Hineni. So here again, we see God appears, God speaks to Avraham, and Avraham answers him. So I want to stop there for a minute, and I want to kind of ask, not necessarily, I, I've told you what happens next, but not necessarily with that, but looking at kind of these moments along the way, like, what do you think about the relationship between God and Avraham? Like, what is that, what does that feel like to you? What is that, where is that sitting? What is their relationship? I mean, I'm happy to tell you what I think it is, but I don't know that you want to hear me talk for 30 minutes straight. Great. So just to repeat so everyone on Zoom can hear, um, this relationship between God and Abraham, God is testing Abraham so that Abraham will learn something. So that, and there are a number of other incidents, and I'm so glad you mentioned it because one of the things that I brought, had originally brought, was in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, God says, should I tell him? And he does say that it's going to be a test, but I think I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to put a pin in that because it's going to come, I'm going to come back to that later. So something also that I want to point out in all of these places is that God speaks directly to Abraham, that God says to Abraham something, whether it's Lechacha, whether it's Abraham, whatever it is, God speaks directly to Abraham. So I want to turn to the end of the story of the Akedah, and I want to turn to 22.15, if you have a Chumash in front of you. And so just just a quick summation of where we're at. They go, Yitzchak and Avraham and the Na'arim go on this journey. They get all the way up there. Where's the wood? We'll find out. All these things, they go up. Yitzchak is laying out on the Mizbeach and is ready. Avraham has, as it says, Avraham has has, um, cast out his hand. I actually gave you the wrong verse. Sorry. It's going to be 22.11. So 22.10, Vayishlach Avraham et yado. Avraham sends out his hand, Vayikach et ma'achalet. He takes the knife, Lishchot et beno, to slaughter his son. And then verse 11, Vayikra, Vayikra elav malach Adonai min hashemaim. Vayomer Avraham, Avraham, Vayomer hineni. So, and calls to him an angel of God from heaven. And he says, Avraham, Avraham, and Avraham answers, Hineni, here I am. So we see a little bit of this parallel from the beginning of our Akedah story that, that Avraham, that God calls to Avraham and Avraham answers, Hineni. We see that again, except this time he's being called by a Malach of God. So God doesn't appear again at the end of this story. And then, and then in verse 15, the angel of the Lord called to Avraham again. Again, we see this angel. We're going to skip a little bit. We're going to, we're going to do some Parsha creep and we're going to creep into Chayasara for a minute. We're going to go one more week for a moment to keep exploring this. And we're going to look right at the beginning. Um, it's going to be 23 to page 127. Sorry, I realized a bunch of your names climb. I can call pages. Page 127. Vatamot Sara, Birkiriat Arba. 
Sarah died in Kiryat Arba, now Hevron, in the land of Canaan, and Avraham proceeded to mourn for Sarah and to bewail her. And then in verse 3, Vayakum Avraham, me'al pnei Then Avraham rose from beside his dead. That's it. That's the whole story of the mourning of Sarah. And I think it's interesting here. Wait, I'm going to keep going one more. I'm going to take you one more, one more jump. And we're going to, so I won't tell you all of Chaya Sarah, but I will spoil it that at the end, Avraham dies. And we won't necessarily go there, but you'll see in, here we go. We're going to read, it's page 140, 25, 7. This was the total span of Avraham's life, 175 years. And Avraham breathed his last dying breath at a good ripe age, old and contented, and he was gathered to his kin. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him. And this is the death of Avraham. So something to me that really stands out in all of this after the moment where Avraham is ready to sacrifice his son is we never see God speak to him again. And to me, that's always been really striking. We talk so often about the Akedah and about, you know, it's a test and did Avraham pass and did Avraham fail and what does that mean? But I have my thoughts on it, but I think to me it's striking that the Torah never tells us again of this relationship between God and Avraham. God comes and blesses Yitzchak, but it's from a malach, it's from an angel, and it happens to Avraham, and it, we never again see this Vayomer Adonai El Avraham. That's it. This is the end of it, right at the end of that. Um, and I think it's interesting because the, our, our, the commentaries teach us so often that we learn from this relationship from God and Avraham, and I wish I could cite the source, and I'm sorry, but that from this relationship between God and Avraham, when God goes to Avraham to come to... Um, when he's been circumcised, when he's healing, that that from that we learn we should visit the sick and we learn all of these things. And then all of a sudden we see this happen and we see that like God doesn't go back. And like, where does that, where does that sit with you? How does that feel that to know that like, if this is a relationship we're to learn from, what do you think? Yeah. Nailed. Well, in my opinion, yeah. So that's so, so that there's a book that came out called The Binding of Isaac, and it points out that Avraham may have failed at the test of the Akedah, that he didn't act in a way that was ethically, and that, that we shouldn't learn from that act, right? That he shouldn't have done this thing. Yeah. So many people have thoughts. Yeah. AJ. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So just to summarize, AJ said so much. I'm going to try to summarize it. So everybody's testing everybody. And Sarah, in AJ's opinion, is the one who passed the test. But we won't see it yet because we're not reading Chayasar yet. No spoilers. Um, and then talking about Buber and about Buber's concept of I, thou, and what is that relationship between, between God and people and how it changed and how it doesn't seem like I, thou between God and, Av- between God and Noah, God and Abraham and God and Moshe. It very much seems more of like an I, it comparing AJ compared it to like pagan gods in their relationship that like there is the divine and people are servants of the divine and do what the divine says. Okay, great. Take one more. I saw a bunch of hands. Okay, so I'm going to, oh yeah, go for it. Why do we read this on the second day of Rosh Hashanah? So I actually heard a really interesting, so the question that was asked was, why do we read this on the second day of Rosh Hashanah? Um, I heard a really interesting answer to this once was that we wanted to read the part right before it on the first day, and it was a practical decision, and then we've drashed on that throughout the generations. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. 
Um, but there's lots of answers to why that is a whole different, there are so many answers to why do we read this on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Um, but I really like the practical of not having to roll the Torah all the time. Um, so the question is, do, do we see a progression here, um, that Abraham didn't resist and do we see resistance with Jacob? Um, I would say we do see progression. I think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot in there. I think even within Abraham, it's an interesting progression between like Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah where God, where Abraham argues with God. And then all of a sudden Abraham's just like, okay. And the Midrash actually comes in and gives us a Midrash that Abraham did argue with God. And, and then it, um, Yaakov, there's the question of who did he wrestle with? When he, when he takes the name Israel is wrestled with God is did, did he wrestle himself? Did he wrestle an angel? Did he wrestle God? Um, and I do think we see this progression. Um, Rabbi Ed Feinstein has a book called the chutzpah imperative that I love. And I, the chutzpah imperative that I cannot recommend enough. It's a really easy read. Um, but he talks about like holy chutzpah and like, this is the legacy of our people. Um, and it's really interesting. And he, I, if I remember correctly, he sort of charts like all of this historical, like, where do we argue? with God and how do we do that and what's the meaning for our time. So I'm going to flip this on its head one more time because to me, this is the really interesting question. So there's a beautiful, beautiful song called the unbinding by Joe Buchanan, who, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to it, it's beautiful. I weep every time I listen to it. Um, but he has a line in there that, and the song is, is written from Isaac's perspective of what was it and, um, and about how sons carry the pains of their fathers. And it's this incredible song. And he has a line in there, God lost a friend and a fighter in you. And so I want to turn to the very end of the Torah for a minute. I'm going to turn to Dvarim to Dvarim. Sorry. Those are the special half to wrote. Getting close. So page 1210, if you're in the eighth time, it is Devarim Deuteronomy 34.5. So this is the very end. This is basically almost the end of Torah. We've got like 10 verses to go. And we have the death of Moshe. So Vayamot Sham Moshe, Eved Adonai, Be'eretz Moav, Alpi Adonai. And Moshe died there, Moshe, the servant of God, in the land of Moab, in front of God. Eitzchayim translated at the command of the Lord. Alpi has all sorts of meaning. Um, and then this is the part to me that's so interesting. Vayigbor oto begay be'aretz Moab, mul beitz pe'or, velo yada ish at kvurato ad hayom hazah. So he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab. So there's a lot of questions about this, but to me, it's very striking at a very simple level. God died, Moshe, Moshe died, sorry. Moshe died there with God. God came and was with Moshe at the end of his life, this servant of God. Moshe was there and then God buried him. And we go back to this learning. What is the relationship what is the relationship we're to have with each other? We talk about Chassad Sarah Ahmet, that the ultimate, the ultimate kindness is to bury someone because they can never repay you for that kindness. And here at the end of our Torah, Moshe, who maybe it could have been Abraham, we don't know, but God pays Moshe the ultimate kindness and buries him. And so my question, knowing that relationship up until the very end between God and Moshe and seeing this with God and Abraham, does God 
does God care? Did, did God lose a friend that day? Did he lose a fighter? Does, what is that relationship? And it's an open question and it might be something to think about and I'm happy to hear, but like, what does that say about our relationship with God also? Like, what is this kind of, does, what are the ways in which God cares about us as his people? Both about like caring that he does kindness, that God does kindness like this, but also like about the decisions we make. And like, I don't know, one more thoughtful question of like, flipping it one more time. Anyone have any thoughts on it? You look like you're, I don't want to call you out, but you've got like the, the thinking face. So there's, so the question is, what did Sarah think? So there's so many Midrashim about what did Sarah think? Um, there's, I think there's a very common traditional, I don't know where it's from, but if someone does, um, feel free to yell it out, um, that Sarah dies because of this, that like Sarah finds out that this almost happened and Sarah dies. I think that's a pretty common one. I just read someone just, Rabbi Pat Fenton just sent me a modern midrash. Um, that somebody went in and wrote that actually that maybe it wasn't a malach from God that maybe that maybe Sarah had had a hand in stopping the Akedah that Sarah like took matters into her own hands that this is not happening like this is my kid I've waited my whole life you are not sacrificing him on top of this mountain and like Sarah got involved and was involved in how the ram was up there um so there's all sorts of midrashim on Sarah's involvement in this story so there's definitely a test. The Torah tells us, Venisa Abraham, Venisa Abraham, the God, the Torah definitely tells us that God tested Abraham. Whether or not Abraham failed or passed is the, is a question of the generations. And it varies so much. I think if I, if I had, I had thought about asking and then I was like, I don't necessarily want to go in this direction, but like, if I asked everyone here if they thought that Abraham passed or failed, you'd probably get a plethora of answers. Um, it's definitely something that the commentaries throughout the ages have different opinions on. And also like, we have different sensibilities now than people did then. Our modern, we bring our own modern feelings on it. Um, and that's something that I love about Torah and Judaism is that the text of the Torah is is unchanging and it has something for our time and it will feel different to us than it did to the Middle East to the medieval commentators who lived in France or who lived in Sfarad in Spain um, and we really get to take it and make it our own and see where does it sit with us today and how does this feel to us today and what does this tell us about our relationship with God yeah Kendra Charney so Cantor Jordan made two points. One was an appreciation for that, which I actually didn't think of until you just said it. So I appreciate that, that, that we see such, we see Moshe get punished for what he does in some sort of ways. And we know, and this is all happening because he doesn't enter the land. Like he gets this kind of ultimate. And yet at the same time, God does this ultimate kindness of burying him. And Cantor Jordan also brought up the question of did did God actually exit the story in this moment in the Akedah? Did God wipe his hands and, and walk away? Or did the Malach, did the Malach insert themselves into this in a moment of discomfort? Because we don't see the text tell us, like, it doesn't say God sends the, it doesn't say God sends a Malach, it just says the Malach says. And so what does that look like? So we are, we are, ooh, one, one more, and then we got to go. So God did make a covenant with Abraham and there's right. So God made a covenant with Abraham that you're in Lechicha, which we actually read today that I will make you a great nation and, and nations will bless themselves by you. And it's really interesting in, 
I don't know if it's, I don't want to speak for all of another religion. I know that there is at least some amount of a belief um, in Islam that that covenant was made about Ishmael. There's like a whole interesting thing that clearly, that clearly it was made about Ishmael, that Ishmael was going to be this great nation and clearly Yitzhak was meant to be sacrificed. Um, so we do see that and that's, and that comes up a lot of like, and, and that's something that a lot of the commentators also speak about is that, well, what, how, how, what, huh? Like, Abraham has been promised to be a great nation. He's supposed to sacrifice his son. Like, that's not how, that's not how that works. Um, and it's something that gets talked about a lot. So with that, though, I am going to wrap up so that we can be respectful of people's time. Um, but thank you for going on this journey uh, with me. And I hope you will keep thinking about that and how, how God feels about that. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.